Hello, 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 and welcome to the Kingston Curator here on CFRC 101.9 FM. The Curator is your weekly arts and culture news program, bringing you the latest and most intriguing in local creative pursuits. My name is Lauren Tucker, and I'm very happy to be your host, teaming up with our outreach coordinator, Mary McKetty. On this program, we'll be featuring arts headlines, interviews, and of course, our live music calendar all throughout the summer. This week, we've got conversations on two upcoming festivals for you to check out. Co-director Lori McDonald of the upcoming Art Fest Kingston and Charlie Boudreau, executive director of the ongoing National Imagination Queer Short Film Festival. Plus, Mary has two live music interviews coming your way later in the hour. Singer-songwriter Emma Cook, who will be hitting Hotel Wolf Island on her Ontario-Quebec Fight Left in Me tour, and the Blues Act Dave Moet trio, fresh off their Wolf Island Garden Party performance. Stay tuned for these conversations, an in-studio performance from the Dave Moet trio, and your live music calendar here on the Kingston Curator. But first, let's get to our headlines for the week. The Skeleton Park Arts Festival kicked off this Wednesday and runs until this Sunday, June 25th in Skeleton Park. All festival programming is free and full of amazing and varied programs like film screenings, drum circles, yoga, dance workshops, an artisan fair, food vendors, mural making, and of course, plenty of awesome live music performances from artists like the Lemon Bucket Orchestra, Casador, Alex Cuba, Kyoko Ogoda, Ariko, and much more. For the full lineup of SPAF programming, you can visit skeletonparkartsfest.ca or catch it on the back of the most recent Skeleton Press at local businesses and services. You can stay tuned to the Kingston Curator this coming Friday, June 30th, for a retrospective interview with Kelly, an organizer at this past SPAF Community Drumming Circle event at the Integrated Care Hub. And stop by the CFRC booth at SPAF to say hi this Saturday and Sunday and bag yourself some small goodies. The City of Kingston announced this past Friday the launch of the new Crosswalk Mural Pilot Project, which will coincide with the beginning of this year's Skeleton Park Arts Festival. This initiative brings together local artists and residents to paint crosswalk murals and incorporate pedestrians and public art into everyday life. Five murals will be installed over the course of the summer, three at McBurney or Skeleton Park over the course of SPAF, with one in the East End and one in Rideau Heights to come later this summer. You can learn more about this and more about the City of Kingston Public Art Program by visiting cityofkingston.ca. The 2023 National Youth Orchestra Chamber Fest continues this week at the Isabel Bader Center with evening and matinee performances from NYO students and faculty all throughout the week and running until the 30th of June. The orchestra is currently preparing for a national tour and as such, their concerts are offered free of charge as a token of gratitude to the supportive Kingston community that has hosted their training institute. For a full list of the upcoming Isabel performances, you can find the listing at queensu.ca slash the Isabel, or for more on the National Youth Orchestra, visit nyoc.org. No Static will be hosting the Sweat Rave event at the Next Church Gymnasium this coming Friday, June 30th, to close out Pride Month and create a safe, accessible, hate-free, vibrant dance floor. This event is strictly for ages 19 and up, is a masked event, and is $15 at the door, although no one will be turned away for lack of funds. Doors are at 7pm, so come by to dance to new and familiar DJs, be nice, have fun, respect the space, and respect the patrons. For more on No Static's events and their CFRC radio show, you can check them out on Instagram at NoStaticForever. In nationwide arts news, Canada's original 2SLGBTQ plus film festival Imagination will be hosting its fourth annual Queer Short Film Fest, with a special focus this year on Ukrainian queer cinema. 
The original festival is in its 36th year, and as an organization, they aim to amplify queer voices in film. Thus, this event is as accessible as possible. It can be streamed online on a pay-what-you-can basis for free from now until the 25th of June. Here's Festival Executive Director Charlie Boudreau, who stopped by with us to chat about this year's festival. So this festival, as I understand, it's in its fourth year, and it's uh, a new offshoot of the original Imagination um, organization and your signature queer film festival, which I understand is now close to 40 years old. Is that correct? It's not quite there, but not far. We're, it's 36 this year. 36. All right, yes. cool. Yes. Um, yes. So I was wondering, now you've got this kind of new festival specifically for shorts in the mix, and I was wondering, what do you think this specific festival brings as an addition to your established organization? I think it's important for everyone to have access to images of themselves on screen, however that screen is, to see, to see ourselves. Uh, in, in all of our, all of our it's very specific little differences and diversities. Um, and uh, that's when online becomes very important to us. It's very important that this be an online festival so that it gets out of the big cities, out of the, the, the better known events and is watchable uh, by anyone who normally wouldn't have access to like all this, all these different kinds of representations. Um, so it's important uh, for that, mostly, it's uh, pan-Canadian as uh, compared to our our, our uh, we, we now call them the short and the long festivals. All right. The, 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 <laughs> the, the, the more established Imagination um, uh, Montreal Queer Festival, which is which is Montreal based, but also now we've kept the hybrid aspect of it again for the notion of accessibility, but through respect for. Um, for our other colleagues in the country, all of the festivals have agreed to geolocate within their own province, so that we don't we don't compete with each other that way. Uh, so, our festival, the other one, is uh, is restricted to Quebec, whereas this one is uh, pan Canadian. Right. Okay. And the short format. Bit of a long answer, but I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> and the short the short format is wonderful because. Uh, they're 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 wonderful little gems. Uh, a, a, a perfect ten minute film is is, is a thing of wonder. Um, so it allows for more voices to be heard because we have you know over forty films uh, this year to show. Uh, it really allows for more voices, therefore different representations, different vo- different ways of being, uh, more more for people to identify with or learn learn about or, or identify with in, 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 in many ways. So it's, 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 a, it's also a chance to share these stories, not with your friends, your family, etc. It's free to make it accessible. Yeah, so that sounds really great. So I was wondering, you were talking about the, you said about, about 40 selections for this one. Um, I was wondering, how does your selection process work and what sort of films make the best candidates for your event, do you think? We, we do try to, to focus more on, on new, new representations or new ways of being, new voices, new ways of expressing being queer. Um, so that's, Absolutely, first and foremost, like the the, the 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 freshness of the voice, but also the the sort of complexity of the voice at the same time. Uh, we focus so on on also on on 
places where uh, we're not used to seeing. We call them like, les voix émergentes, first voices, places from where we're not used to getting queer film, like Croatia, for example, right. or Cuba. Um, it's important for us also that these voices be heard and shared with people because we, we, we grow better as a, as a world, as, as people, when we experience other people's lives. Um, we also focus on Canadian work and uh, to spirit in the queer work uh, for this to also uh, get our, our Canadian folks to give them the chance to, to uh, get acquainted with queer culture in our country. Yeah, so that, absolutely. That, that's pretty much what we do. But there, there's a very, there's a, and this is also a very small festival, so there's a very, there's a very high, there's a high expectation of excellence in these films, right? Um, because we get hundreds and hundreds of submissions, and only 40 put it, it made it to this festival, so. It's so, going to be good. Yeah, so it's been kind of a, a long and very um, specific road. That's really awesome. Looking forward to that. Now, I noticed as I was going through and reading about your festival for this year that there is a specific kind of focus for this year's festival on Ukrainian queer cinema, which I think is really interesting and really timely. I was wondering, as an organization, how did you go about selecting those films in that theme and working towards that theme? Uh, we didn't select the films. We uh, we worked with uh, our Ukrainian colleagues. Okay. Uh, uh, and this particular, interestingly, last year our festival was earlier. It was in April, so that's just after the war. The war was declared in 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 Ukraine. Right. Uh, so we immediately collaborated with the uh, Kiev International Short Film Festival. Okay. Uh, to exchange programming with them. They showed, well, we showed their work, which is important, but in exchange, they then showed our work. So it was a collaboration. Uh, I've been working closely with, with Kiev for, for many years. I, I, I love their festival. I'm very sad I can't, I can't go there um, <laughs> for a while. Um, I, 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 I love the kind of work, speaking of new and, and different different ways of being and new perspectives. Um, learning, learning from watching these really open our eyes to other ways of being and i find that extremely important and as growing as as humans um so we have that and it was curated by bodan zuk who is the curator of who works for the molodis international kiev international film festival and also uh, part of that is sunny bunny okay which is uh, was a, a part of molodis and this year it's their first, it's independent. This year it's the first Ukrainian queer film festival that curiously is being held at the same time as our short film festival. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, but they're, they're live only, so it's pretty hard for us to go. But that's also, you know, a beautiful spirit of even in these horrible times that they're living through, they're, they're still moving forward and, and creating um, the, all of this. Um, and th this is a program actually that was curated by Bodan. We had a, an entire, the world's first uh, Ukrainian queer film retrospective at our festival in November of last year. So we had a short program, but we, we had uh, five or six features also that span from 1965 to today. Okay. Uh, so he prepared just a, a giant retrospective for us, and we asked that if we could replay uh, this short film 
uh, retrospective, but it's it's just very excellent and again also spans years of history. So just uh, kind of looking forward to the festival now, can you maybe explain to the listeners at home how access to this festival is working this year and how they can enjoy the films from home? So easy. So easy. So easy. <laughs> <You're> just... <laughs> you go to our, our festival website, which is um, image-nation.org. On there, you will easily find access to the short film festival. And then that will bring you to that site. And you simply go to program then and you select what you would like to watch. You press watch. Uh, a, a, an important note is that we're, it is free, but we are asking if people can donate because we do want to pay. Um, the money goes to the art, to artists. We do believe in, in paying we don't believe it's imperative to pay artists it's not a belief it's it's a necessity right. uh, to pay artists so if, if it's, we don't want we want to keep this accessible we don't want to charge for it but if, if people can kindly drop us a couple of bucks um it's very appreciated Right. Well, that sounds absolutely uh, perfect. I think that would be a great note to kind of end off on. Uh, listeners, Imagination will be hosting its fourth annual Queer Short Film Festival from June 22nd to 25th. And as Charlie said, it can be streamed online on a pay-what-you-can basis or for free. So you can visit fcqsff.image-nation.org for tickets and more information. And thank you again, Charlie, for being here. It was so great to have you. Thank you so much for having me and, and giving me a chance to talk about this lovely fe- little festival that I love so much. Thank of you. course, <laughs> we're looking forward to it. Have a good one. All right, you too. Bye-bye. You can visit fcqsff.image-nation.org for more information and to enjoy the festival from home. Thank you again to Charlie Boudreaux from Imagination for stopping by. ArtFest Kingston is fast approaching, running next weekend from July 1st to 3rd, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. daily in City Park. Over 150 artists will be exhibiting their work at this free all-ages festival, ranging from paintings, pottery, woodcraft, glass art, metal art, jewelry, clothing, gourmet food, body care, candles, and even more. Plus, there's always something for everyone to do with creative activities and workshops for kids, adults, and seniors, as well as live music, dance, and theater all weekend long. CFRC sat down with co-director Lori McDonald to bring you an inside look at this year's Art Fest. Take a listen. Hello, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much. We're really glad to have you folks here and looking forward to the upcoming uh, festival. And speaking of which, I thought just to start off, just in reading up on your event, it looks like you've got this massive group of artists that is coming to this festival here in Kingston to exhibit their work. And I was wondering off the top of the show, maybe how do artists get involved with you folks in the first place and what kind of pieces are they bringing to this festival? festival well yeah so that you know our fest has been going for 12 years now in kingston and before that i've been running events in toronto so we have a huge uh, roster of artists that do our events from all over ontario and quebec and even from the east coast and uh west like right across canada mainly though ontario and quebec so um they like to you know there's a sort of a I guess a festival season, I'd say, with artists. You know, we start, the artists start doing shows usually the beginning of June uh, outdoor, and uh, it's their favorite time of year for the outdoor festivals and uh, reaching the public with their work. I mean, 
you know, you're working in your studio all the time on your own and what you love and you're creating, but then you need the you need to get out and uh, interact with people, get feedback, sell your work, get reinvigorated with new creative ideas. So the festivals are really great for that. So yeah, so we, how do they get involved? Well, you know, they know they're on my email list. I send them emails. We, we have our website, other artists talk and share, say, hey, you know, this is a really good event because artists are always looking for new ways to sell their work and in good shows, you know, things that have good traffic, uh, but traffic. So that's the number one thing, you know, how many people are coming to your festival? That's how many questions I always get. Right? <laughs> I was like, lots, there's lots of people coming. There's you know? gonna be a lot of people, they know to come, they're gonna be there. Yeah, it's Canada Day weekend, everybody, you know, that's what people do here is they go to Art Fest on Canada Day weekend. So yeah, so that's how they get involved. And then, you know, it's a simple process. There's an application, it's a juried exhibition. So we do, uh, it is a curated show. Everybody applies for the show and um, we go through everything and we select the artists. And, you know, most of the artists that apply kind of already know what um, what the parameters are. I'm pretty clear in my descriptions what we're looking for. So it's not very often that we have to turn someone away, to be honest, because they, you know, they know, they know the kind of work and the quality that we're looking for. And it's fun. That's about the most fun part for me is seeing all the new the new artists coming in and their art products. So the, you know, the application form is pretty simple, then they have to send me their photos of their work. And that's what we love to, uh, to see and um, see what's new and what's exciting. Yeah, uh, they're going to bring to the event. Yeah, I can imagine that would be a really fun process being able to go through everybody's work at the beginning and getting excited about what the festival is going to start to look like every year. Yeah, it is a lot of fun and the planning of it, like, you know, every year we have a new theme and all that planning starting, that's sort of like the creative seed that starts the whole thing going, really, to be honest. Yeah. Thinking of our overall theme, you know, what are we going to look for? What are, what are we going to focus on this year? And that kind of builds a big picture vision. And then we start, you know, fitting all the pieces in that, that are going to support that I that theme and that idea. Um, and the artists are amazing. like. You know, I don't, it's, you know, when you go to a show and you walk around and you look at things, they're beautiful. But if you really start talking to the artists, what I always just love is that, you know, if you say to them, hey, you know, what are you most excited about this year? What's new with your products? They usually have some kind of brilliant thing that they've discovered or found or added in or, um, you know, incorporated into their stuff or changed. It's really interesting what the, how their creative process works. Yeah. Types of things that they do with their stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So actually, speaking of the theme, as I understand it, again, in reading up on the event, it is Art Blooms this year. Can you talk to us a little bit about where uh, that came from and maybe why you chose it and settled on it as organizers? Yeah, well, you know, that's a pretty simple story. That's all Sophie Koala, because Sophie, um, when she came, you know, we first started talking about it, the theme idea. She brought up that, you know, her past, she's she's an artist herself in a different bit of a genre. She is a flor a floral artist. So okay. um and I'm like, okay, well that's interesting. And I've never really considered flowers at Art Fest, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> for like, sure. It wasn't on my radar at all. And she was like, No, you know, it's you know, it's beautiful flower, you know, florists are artists. I mean, you're right, you know, why don't we what can we what can we uh, do and so she said well I'd love to be able to reinvigorate 
the florists and their business and help, you know, invigorate that whole industry and uh, sector in Kingston. Yeah. I said, well, it's a natural segue really to me. I mean, who doesn't love flowers? I mean, I, you know, I'm a gardener. I love, you know, gardening and flowers and it's, it's flowers are beautiful and they have such a, a wide sense of um, meaning to people like they're, they're uplifting. Some of them are, you know, like produce wonderful memories of, you know, like, you know, from, from different parts of people's lives. And we didn't have a name for it really. Yeah. We were just thinking of some kind of flower thing. And then my partner, Al, we were driving and we were having a meeting on the phone in the car. And he's like, what about Art Blooms? There I'm it like, is. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. That sounds great. Right. So, and he's come, he comes up with these things like, you know, snippeties, like quickly, like all of a sudden it just has a brainwave. Right. And, yeah. Uh, it's, sort of, it's sort of encapsulated everything that we do really. You know the, the beauty and in growing and flourishing and you know opening up and it just sounded really really like a wonderful theme for the festival um going forward yeah so it was an easy it was an easy yes and uh and i loved it because it was a lot of um room there and it's very broad it's a lot of room to kind of have people involved easily like yeah. If you say the theater group, you know, our themes are blooms, like, oh my God, we've got something, you know, we can, we're all, you know, they've all got ideas. Yeah. <laughs> it sparks your imagination instantly. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So as I understand it then, so these artists would get that theme and then they would kind of reflect it back with their own work and represent it at the festival when it comes time? Well, somewhat. They're invited to do that. We don't actually, you know, like some artists, you know, haven't got the you know, it would be difficult for them to weave in a flower theme yeah. possibly in their work. So, you know, we, we give them that, we give them that opportunity and share that with them. But if they, even if they can't necessarily reflect it in their work, if they're not that type of an artist or it doesn't make sense, but they definitely can participate by, you know, embellishing their booth or, you know, wearing yeah. flower shirts or having a bouquet of flowers in their booth or what, you know, or wearing a lapel or a crazy hat or something like so we invite everybody to put their creative spin on it and whatever what they, you know, they, they can bring it to the table, whatever they want, which is fun too, because that, it's, you know, that gets their creative juices flowing rather than me telling them that, you know, they need to, uh, you know, have flowers in their paintings. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone just puts their own interpretation on it. That exactly. sounds really, it's, it's, it's almost a little bit more exciting that way to show up and know that, you know, a lot of folks will be putting their own kind of spin on it and that it's not just going to be that, you know, everyone's work necessarily is a literal interpretation or whatever. Yeah, um, exactly. That's what's fun about it. And I love what the artists come up with. They always come up with something that's completely off the wall. And some of them do for sure. I know what, I can't even wait, imagine what we're going to see, but we'll see yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, that's really, really uh, exciting. So yeah, and starting to look towards like maybe some more specific goings on at the festival. Um, I understand you're like an all ages festival. Can you talk to us about the variety of programming that is available to kids and adults? Yeah, that's a really important piece for me personally. I'm a big champion of uh, um, um, empowering artists of all ages and getting young people started early because if you know, if, if you go to art festivals when you're young, you're going to go to art festivals when you're older, right? And that's what I've discovered. Sometimes they leave for a while when they're, you know, teenagers because there's not, you know, it's not cool. But then they seem to come back to it when they have kids and when they start, you know, changing, you know, growing 
uh, they're you know maturing as as people. But um, so yeah, I just think it's a really important part of it. So we have programming for all ages, um, and this you know also I mean City Park is just such a perfect setting to be honest because we have the splash pad there. Yeah, and even kids that are babies you know can enjoy the experience at Art Fest even if they're running around splashing in the water and don't really you know care about pottery or whatever it is <laughs> they're doing or you know want to make something right but. But um, I in, and I have a uh, you know a personal history in, um, in in my where I live in Collingwood because I started I founded um, an organization years ago called the Magic of Children in the Arts and um, it was an art a children's art exhibition that I started at the Collingwood Public Library and it started off small like I think the first year we had you know 150 kids participating but then it grew to be Canada's largest children's art exhibition. Where we have like 1,600 kids from all the the whole region participating. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's so that's what you know was so important to me about Art Fest was you know making sure that there's lots of things for kids to do. Typically, the you know art and craft shows are more for you know not for kids really because it's like don't touch this, don't touch that. You yeah. Know? Like it's a frustrating experience for them, so they don't you know they get kind of turned off of it, right? But not at Art Fest. We I wanted to make sure that families could come. And we would embrace families and have a lot of things for them to do so that, you know, mom wants to go around or dad wants to go around, and look at things and, you know, one of them can, you know, you know, do an activity, an art activity and drop them off at the children's art tent, the art pavilion there. They can do the mural, you know, anyways, I can tell you all the things, but there's lots of things for kids to do. Um, and uh, that was the whole idea. So then the family can stay for the, you know, for the afternoon. They don't have to go there and then got a whiny child that wants to go home and it kind of wrecks your day right but yeah absolutely what happens at art fest they want to go and they want to you know stay there and even for the artists that come like most the artists that come to travel to come to the show they bring their whole family to this event whereas normally it's mom or dad just going off for the weekend to do an event to work but no yeah. they bring everybody and uh the kids love it and uh they you know they look forward to it every year so yeah that's because- so fantastic Bit of a family vacation kind of thing. Oh, that's awesome! I'm to just I'm just looking forward to it more and more as I hear more about this. So yeah, <laughs> to um yeah, of course. So just to kind of close off and look forward, I was wondering if you could talk to us maybe about some uh, more activity or um, exhibition highlights and maybe anything that folks should know before they go. Oh yeah, there's. I could probably talk for an hour on that one. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, so this, so we have the uh, this year we have the uh, we have a spearhead beer garden going on, which is um, a great highlight for festival goers to take part in. Um, we've got the a new activity called uh, bike brush, and there's a little bit of a story behind that one. I'll try to be quick, but one like I remember I mentioned earlier that there's things that on people's minds, and that's one of the things about climate change this year. And for a festival like ours, you know, we're trying to figure out what can we do logically that makes sense, um, you know, at this time with what our resources are. So we we wanted to really champion people like with a ride to Art Fest. Um, so you know, getting to Art Fest in different ways. So we thought having a really fun, you bring your bike down. We could have a really fun bike activity. So we've got a bunch of kind of derelict bikes, and we're hoping we can actually get more. So maybe your listeners can. If you have a bike you want to get rid of, you know, please call us. <laughs> Looking for more bikes. But we're going to paint and decorate them um, all weekend. And then um, we also have a uh, um, a Climate Hub uh, kind of information tent there. 
And we have uh, a, what we're having is a bike rally. We're hoping that this is the last minute kind of thing we're trying to pull together here, but a bike rally on Canada Day on at two o'clock at ArtFest. And okay. we're going to have a drone flying over uh, the site and taking photos of all of us uh, with our bikes at ArtFest. So that's one of the things that we're uh, just trying to get up, get the word out about that. So that'll be kind of be a fun day because parking is an issue down there. Yeah. And we also have the, we've also added in the Art Guardian, which is like a package connoisseur kind of connoisseur concierge service. Okay. Um, so that people can drop off their packages uh, and we can look after them while they're there with their bike and they can arrange to drive by later and uh, pick them up or just enjoy the festival while they don't have to carry around a bunch of big things. Oh, that's awesome. We try to run around the show to pick them all up so they can drop them off with us and then we'll we'll take care of them for of that. Um, so then we have live music, of course, a full uh, music stage, uh, live music stage all weekend, which is uh, going to be fun. And we've got the the uh, face painting for kids, we've got the mural, the participant mural going on for um, all family, all family members. We've got live theater performances, pop up things um, with uh, barefoot players are performing. Uh, Kick Push Festival will be there doing some, some of their antics, and Blue Canoe will have it be offering a uh, interactive activity well as well on July 1st. And then we have the Kingston School of Dance is there, and they're doing performances. Actually, they did an original choreographed piece. They're going to perform it in the actual splash pad. Oh, that's really cool! Through the water with their dancers, <laughs> yeah, with their youth dance, youth ensemble dancers. So that's going to be really fun. Um, yeah, so and then we've had the you know one of our biggest highlights this year is the uh, the Indigenous Arts Pavilion. That so there's a uh, uh, Jaylene uh, Cardinal and and Dakota Ward are hosting it this year, and so we have a full big tent like the large uh, like big hex uh, tent of uh, First Nations artists, live performances, poetry, storytelling, dancing, and drumming going on there all weekend. So that's a really big a big feature at the event. Yeah. Um, and then we have uh, the Poets at Art Fest. We have 40, 45 poets reading uh, over the weekend, three days from all over Ontario and Quebec. And then we also have an interactive poetry uh, activity that goes on all weekend there and an intuitive uh, writing workshop on uh, Saturday morning that people are invited to take part in. They have to register for that. And then the final thing that I want to mention is that we've got the Silver Social Activity Hub, which is um, a tent for seniors, which, you know, like most people are seniors, like, I mean, I am anyway. <laughs> it's going to be a busy tent, right? But we've got some uh, art, art there and some interactive activities, social stuff um, that's presented by um, the Aspire Royal, Royal Place. Uh, they're going to be hosting it. So it'll be a lot of fun. And they've got some some fun activities planned there. So I mean, that's rattling off a lot of things right now. I'm sure no one could keep up with that, but, um, but something uh, then, may of course, have just, all the, uh... the gourmet food stuff there. So yeah, lots of things to do. You must come. You can't miss Art Fest. You can't uh, miss Art Fest. Absolutely. Yeah. Something might've just piqued somebody's interest and now they'll go and they'll take a closer look. That's exactly kind of what our, our goal is here is to, to bring all that information uh, to folks. So, yeah. Sounds like you absolutely can't miss this event. Thank you so much for being here, Lori, and best of luck with the festival. Thank you so much, Lauren. And I hope I see you there.
Again, ArtFest will be running next weekend, July 1st to 3rd. You can visit ArtFestOntario.com for more information about the Kingston event and for a full list of exhibiting artists and programming. As summer continues in the Kingston area, we've been treated to tons of live music with even more to come. I'm going to hand it over to CFRC Outreach Coordinator Mary McKetty with our live music calendar for the week. But keep it locked because she's got conversations with Emma Cook and the Dave Moat Trio coming up for you next here on the Kingston Curator. For today's live music lineup, I'll be giving you a brief scoop about Skeleton Park Arts Festival and headlining some performances you can catch starting tonight, June 23rd, until Tuesday, June 27th. Stay tuned to learn more about amazing shows from artists like Overrated, 20th Century Band, James Blonde, Yannick Michaud, Frank Ryan, and Savannah Shea. This weekend, head over to McBurney Park, located at 30 Alma Street for 2023's Skeleton Park Arts Festival. From 7am to 5pm, you can enjoy live music, vendors, and great food. The festival is free to attend and its full schedule, including after-hours activities is available online at skeletonparkartsfest.ca. Tonight, June 23rd, Overrated is live from 10.30pm till 2am at the Merchant Tap House, located at 6 Princess Street. This rock cover band will have you grooving all night with classic hits and free cover. Visit merchanttaphouse.com for more information. Also happening tonight, Downtown Kingston presents 2023's first Big Band Friday. From 7 to 8pm, stop by Springer Market Square, located behind City Hall at 216 Ontario Street, to see 20th Century Band for free. More information about this show and Big Band Fridays is available at downtownkingston.ca. Tomorrow, June 24th, James Blonde headlines for Lost in Japan, Moon Tunes, and Taylor Adams from 9pm till 1am at The Mansion, located at 506 Princess Street. Come and see this amazing variety of artists for $15 in advance by visiting jamesblonde.ca and clicking tour dates or by heading to the doors at 8pm with $20 in hand. On Sunday, June 25th, Yannick Michaud performs from 3 to 5pm at The Mansion, located at 506 Princess Street. Come and join this indie folk rock artist, weather permitting, as part of the Soul Shine Summer Concert Series. His show is free to attend and more information is available online at kingstonlive.ca. Next Monday, June 26th, you can catch Frank Ryan live from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Bank Gastro Bar, located at 225 King Street East. The local singer-songwriter show is free to attend and more information is available online at kingstonlive.ca. For your last live music feature, Downtown Kingston presents Savannah Shea live for music in the park on Tuesday, June 27th from 12.30 to 1.30 p.m. at Confederation Park, located across from City Hall at 216 Ontario Street. Enjoy her mix of folk, jazz, blues, and original tunes for free. More about Savannah's show and Music in the Park is available online at downtownkingston.ca. That's all I've got for you on Live Music Lineup on this week's episode of Kingston Curator, but keep on listening because we've got more coming up next. Today, folk pop artist Emma Cook calls into the station to talk about her tour across Ontario and Quebec for her most recent album, Fight Left in Me. This album is an achingly honest, extrospective take on the personal experiences and identities of those around her, mixed together with her distinctive vocal and harmony layering. Emma has performed hundreds of shows across Canada, the US, and the UK with the purpose of storytelling, which brings her here to Kingston. Emma, I really want to thank you so much for stopping by to talk to me today. So to begin, I wanted to start off with a question about your career. So I wanted to ask, how did your career in music begin and how has it been impacted by your life experiences? My music career, I think, started when I was very little, really, because I started singing when I was really young. But I guess I decided when I started university, I decided after a year, I I was just like, no, I want to do this for my job. So I say that probably was when I was about 21. And that's when my first album came out. And from then, yeah, it's just been a long and winding road. That sounds really interesting. Like I'm 21 right now. So it's kind of like that's kind of the time where people tend to 
try to figure out like what do I want to do with myself so it's, it's really cool that like you realize like I've been doing this for so long it's been something that's been with me for quite a while and you decided just to go for it and um, you said you released your first um, single or your first album um, around that time I did my first album when, uh, in 2001 yeah so I was 21 and we recorded it in my friend's bedroom I remember putting like quilts over the windows and like trying to soundproof this mm-hmm. bedroom and yeah it was you know it worked out pretty well but I had no real experience doing that at all. But yeah, that was my first full album. That's really cool. But everyone has to start somewhere, right? And like where you started off to where you are now is really exciting. Um, You've played shows across Canada, the US and the UK. So like to go from where you started to where you are now, it must be like, it must mean a lot to you, you know, to see your success and how you've grown and evolved over time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think for most artists, you're never where you want to be. You know, there's always this drive to push and do better. And for sure, when I listen to my newest record, it definitely feels more like I found my voice. You know, like it, I am where I am, and and that feels right. Whereas the first album, you know, there's a progression, right? You're not as mature. You're not as polished. You don't really know what to say. <laughs> so. Like trying to figure out what you want to say. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that makes sense. On the note about your new record, this applies just generally to you as a musician and your work. Um, I was taking a look at your website just to get to know a bit more about you before we started to talk. And um, I saw that you had noted that above everything, you consider yourself a storyteller. And I thought that was really interesting. So I wanted to ask, there are many different ways of storytelling. So why did you decide to use music as your method of storytelling? Yeah, I don't, I mean, I think all art is really storytelling in a way, but I don't know. I don't want to sound trite, but I think I just was born with it. I do other art mediums as well. Like I love, I love all kinds of art. I love dance. I love visual art. I love drama. But like music, just it was just in me in a way that the other things weren't, and I I just gravitated towards it. Right. Um, at a really young age. And then as I was going through like the angsty teenage years, it was just music. It was music that I would listen to when I was having a hard time, and it was music that I like. I wanted to write music to deal with my feelings and it just happened it wasn't like a choice it just sort of was available to me if that makes sense I think so kind of like that's what was available to you and that's kind of an outlet that you used either to listen or to create your own sort of thing to kind of process what you were feeling in your experiences at the time yeah exactly yeah that makes sense so this is a little bit of a separate note from what we've been talking about already but um you sent me a song to listen to called i will which is from your uh, most recent album fight left in me it was really good and i really enjoyed listening to it as well as other songs on this album as well i noticed that this is just from the point of view of these two songs i will tired the tone of each is quite different and when I took a listen to both I noticed that at least for me I thought I will was a reminiscent and also hopeful so I was wondering why you wanted to feature um, I will um, as the song you wanted on the radio instead of um, something that was a little bit more popular well it's funny so tired was sort of like a favorite from the beginning of mine as well and, and also but as I started sending out songs to radio stations a lot of people gravitated towards I will and so I sort of started becoming a sleeper favorite of mine too like it's not traditionally poppy I guess but it's a cool vibe it's a cool track and I think people seem to like it so you know yeah (laughs) 
yeah, it was really fun to listen to. I liked it, especially like the vibe of both of the songs. Like when I was listening to I Will, it made me feel very hopeful. Like it's like a reflective, but like something where you can get through a situation, that kind of thing. For sure, yeah, that's that's really what it's about. And you know, you go through tough times in this case at the end of someone's relationship and you know, just sort of talking to yourself and making sure that you know that you'll get through it, you're strong enough, you'll be fine. And you know, I think it's a message that we can all resonate with various challenges in our lives. Exactly. So on the note of your song, I Will, which is from your album, Fight Left in Me, um, Emma has sent in the clip of I Will, which we are going to feature right now here on the radio. So please take a listen. I can hear the sound of a million whispers. The temperature isn't falling off.
that was Emma Cook's song, I Will, from her album, Fight Left in Me. Um, on the note about your um, album, Fight Left in Me, you're currently on tour for it, um, which has already begun. And I wanted to know what it feels like for you to be on stage and going on tour again. It's amazing. My last tour was in 2019, and I guess we all know what happened after that. It's been a weird couple of years, and I have young children, and so I wasn't one of those artists that could sort of stay home and make music and deal with things that way. I had to have children in online school and I really just didn't really do much music for a period and so it just feels like I'm coming back to myself and to be able to share this album that I was working on during COVID and it got shut down like it it's a long process to get this album out into the world and it just feels amazing to finally be performing it live. <laughs> yeah exactly especially um, like the change, I mean, the world has obviously been through a lot of changes. It sounds like you've been through a lot of changes in your own life as an individual. So to be able to see the transformation of when you started to work on the album to actually being able to share it with other people that love your music, that must be an amazing experience. Yeah, it is. It really is. For sure. And about your tour, I also wanted to ask um, what you're most looking forward to as you progress through it. I mean, I'm looking forward to performing the songs, obviously. And But with most tours, like you play, the reason I, one of the reasons I love touring is meeting all the fans and the audience and and you know that kind of interaction but then also when you play the song multiple times in a row like after a, you know a week or so the songs sort of take on a new like a new life because you're playing them with other musicians and that you know new things happen and it just can get really different and awesome are you playing with um other artists while you're going on tour i'm playing with my band and so okay yeah so like when you play with other musicians along with you like and you play over and over the songs just start taking on a little bit of a life of their own and you get more comfortable with playing them and it, it can just be pretty magical when you play multiple times in a row like that so it's kind of like the experience um, that you're most looking forward to is like when you get on stage and when you're with other musicians and then you've gone through um playing these songs a few times and you get to see kind of like how they get a life of their own sort of yeah for sure that and then sharing it with with the audiences across Ontario for sure. Oh yeah, of course. And your tour is across Ontario and Quebec, right? Yeah, we have two Quebec dates. Um, not until the fall, but okay. for this for this leg of the tour, we're we're all in Ontario. Okay, that sounds really exciting. Um, and mm-hmm. you're obviously stopping by in Kingston. What are other cities that you're going to be performing at? I did some shows up in the Muskoka area. I'm going to Toronto, to Hamilton. Guelph, Kingston, <laughs> and I'll be going to London, Waterloo, Aurelia. There's there's quite a few stops. Okay, yeah, that's quite a you know across the province sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this has been Emma Cook um, sitting down with me to talk about um, herself, her career, her most recent album Fight Left in Me, and her tour for this album. So a lot of exciting things. I want to say thank you so much for talking with me today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much again to Emma Cook for hopping on call with me to discuss her tour for Fight Left in Me. You can catch Emma live tomorrow, June 24th from 7 to 10 p.m. at Hotel Wolf Island. Look at it at 1237 County. Road 96. More information about her show is available at hotelwolfisland.com slash events. If you enjoyed Emma's sample of I Will from her album Fight Left in Me, you can listen to these tunes and more on Apple Music and Spotify. Make sure to keep up to date with Emma on Instagram and YouTube at Emma Cook Music. Check out her Facebook at Emma Cook and her website at emmacookmusic.com. Now keep on listening because Lauren and I have got more for you coming up next.
I'm here with Dave Moat, Terry Wilkins, and Clayton Yates from the Dave Moat Trio Band to talk about their band and performance at Hotel Wolf Island's Garden Party. Dave Moat is a blues musician and chief of Alderville First Nations. After returning to Ontario in 1995, he met Toronto-based musicians Terry Wilkins and Clayton Yates, and together they formed the Dave Moat Trio. With Dave on vocals and Terry and Clayton on guitar and bass, the trio brings you old-fashioned country, Delta, and Chicago blues out of their love for music and as a tribute to the history of the art form. Thank you so much for talking with me.
so much that was really cool my first question relates to kind of how your band formed i wanted to know what you guys were up to individually within your musical careers before your band formed and then how your careers together came to be so i played with terry 20 years ago this is playing <laughs> i played with terry 20 years ago with a guy named petunia and then we didn't play together for a long time you know we sort of maintained a bit of a friendship and i moved to toronto and we got a little closer and i was going down and checking out his his band all the time and his band pulled and he touched base with me because I'd been working with Dave quite a bit. Dave was playing in a band with our mutual friend Jimmy Boskill, and that's how I sort of hooked up with Dave. That was about seven or eight years ago. Yeah. And uh, Jim got busy. Dave and I started playing together. I called Dave up to fill in for a singer who didn't show up for a gig. He just came <laughs> down, and then we enjoyed ourselves, and then we just started working together a little more. And then when we started taking a little more seriously, and I moved to Toronto, Terry was kind of looking for a new gig, and he's a bit of a legend in these parts in the blues scene so we were more than happy to include Terry in the band we've all got kind of long careers preceding this Terry's got some pretty notable stuff he's done before this but that's I mean that's the well, story that, about how we got together as a trio and I've known Terry I think 40 years long long time when I, I was in Winnipeg and I would come into town and I'd go to Toronto I'd run at the Black Swan that's going way back interestingly while we have only been doing this 30 years yeah so Terry and I have gone back 30 plus years but since we've been doing this more regularly, we were always within a, a sort of a, an orbit, I guess you might yeah. call it, a musical orbit, if you will. Yeah. I remember when Lee Wan Hell, former drummer of the band, came to Coburg. So my wife and I were at the plaza in Coburg, and in walks Lee Wan, he's going to start his gig, and then in walks Terry on the bass. So, you know, just over the years, we've run into each other uh, here, there, and everywhere, and that's just sort of the way it works in the music scene, especially the blues scene. So if Terry's yeah. got uh, a little something to add there. Yeah, I, <laughs> I won't even stop. <laughs> but Terry's, uh, well, your career, over 50 years of amazing work, and gigs and yeah. recording and it's uh but it's also you know it's when you find guys that you like to work with that you like hanging with you try to hang on to that 
too. And this yeah. is one of those situations too. Yeah. We're all we're all good friends. I was actually talking um, with another band earlier about a similar point that you guys just made about like the connections that you have with members of your band. If you can actually have a friendship with people, it definitely makes the process of working together a lot more meaningful. So yeah. it definitely sounds like yeah. since you guys have been in and out of like different circles, but then brought together through those circles at the same time, you've known each other for quite a while, and you've also been involved in the music scene for quite a while. So being able to bring all of your talent and experience together in this one trio and you guys are actually friends it's like a triumvirate yeah. of good things happening yeah it's a special dynamic uh, you know we're not uh, spring chickens anymore and, nope. and you uh, you set aside a lot of politics and a lot of this and a lot of that as you grow older and uh, and now it's you know we center on honing our style and and working on the music and, and the friendship, of course, is a really good anchor to it all. So on the note of performances, you guys are performing at the Hotel Wolf Island Garden Party. So I wanted to know how you had gotten involved with um, the Garden Party and what's on your set list, if you have one already. Well, last year, Clayton and I played the Skeleton Park Arts Festival. And from there, we're, I think the guy we were talking to, Chris Brown. Chris Brown. There. We know he used to play in a Toronto band. We all knew him back in the day. The Bourbon Tabernacle Choir that was quite somewhere now. And um, I was introduced to him there, though, however, because I'm, you know, I'm a little younger than these other fellas. And um, he seemed to like what we were doing. Real nice fellow. And um, we've sort of been touching base on and off between him and, and a couple other people who are involved out there trying to make something happen and then they think they touch base with you right Dave? so i'm walking down downtown kingston i think it was last fall and i ran into terry dunbrenton and i know her through doing some work for the city of kingston and she stopped me and she just revisited the idea of us going over there to play and then so from that meeting she then sent me an email and that's how we solidified the date uh, for sunday so it's through kind of connections that you guys had made trying to make it happen before and then just kind of like oh okay um this yeah. and then the opportunity then finally we were able to seize the moment so i wanted to know if there is anywhere that your fans and our listeners could keep up to date with you we have a facebook page that clayton manages it. it's called dave moulton curbside shuffle okay we also have an instagram and we have an instagram i think it's dave, just dave moulton curbside shuffle yeah and uh we did record an album in december terry clayton myself steve mariner was on drums mm -hmm. and jesse uh, o'brien was on piano and Jimmy Bosco was on the board. We recorded it in Coburg. And so that's a five-piece electric album that will be coming out sooner than later. That's another expression of what we do. So look out for that too. Okay, yeah, stay tuned for that. That's really exciting. Yeah. I also want to know if there's anywhere that your fans and our listeners could catch you live next. Well, Terry has a long-standing residency at the Communist Daughter in Toronto here. So we're doing a four-piece band thing in Candleford. And then I'm going to the Calgary International Blues Festival in the first week of August. And Clayton says he's, you know, he's doing his ensembles here in, in Toronto. And then Terry. Life goes on. Yeah. Before we go, I wanted to say I really, really appreciate your time. And it's been really fun talking to you all. And I wish you the best of luck. Not that you need it. But... Well, thanks, Mary. Good questions. And we really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much again to Dave Moat, Terry Wilkins, and Clayton Yates from the Dave Moat Trio Band for joining me on Zoom to talk about their recent show at Hotel Wolf Island's Garden Party. Make sure to keep up to date with Dave, Terry, and Clayton on Instagram and Facebook at Dave Moat and the Curbside Shuffle so you can see where they're playing next. That does it for us this week on the Kingston Curator, but remember that you can check out this and all past episodes on our CFRC podcast feed or program archives. Be sure to tune in next week, Fridays at 3pm for your creative scoop. 
This is Lauren Tucker with Mary McKetty signing off on 101.9 FM CFRC. Have a fantastic weekend.